He is worthy. He is worthy. Welcome to New Horizons. Uh, if it's your first time, we, we actually have something new today. I don't know if you guys noticed, but on the seat backs, there's a little QR code. You can scan that. If it's your first time here, there's a connect card. We'd love to connect with you. We've got uh, links to our announcements. So I'm not going to go through a whole list of announcements today. You can find that information through that the link uh, on the chair back in front of you. There's also a couple in the very back back there. So it makes it to where we can just keep going with the worship and don't spend as much time doing this part. But I do want to uh, mention a couple of things. One today is a blessing and baby shower um, for Elizabeth Freeman. That's at 2.30. Um, that's at uh, 400 South Washington Street. We have two weeks left before Tim's First and second Timothy go to Japan, and uh, there's still opportunity to support that. And so, if you know, if you want to give in addition to what you give um, in with your tithes and offerings, if you want to help support uh, sending them there, this is not just a vacation. This is not even just a, a go and um, and 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 do the work over there. This is to go and minister to um, missionaries that are sent out from here. Um, JP and Katie and their family and to go join them in the work they're doing, but just kind of just love on them and, and shepherd them and, and just be there with them, a presence, to minister the presence of the present God there with JP and Katie. So get behind that. We, we, there's still opportunity to give towards that. Um, the, the Honduras team is back. And we always say that the kingdom of God is not bound by time and space. So maybe you didn't get a chance to give towards that, but you can still give towards that one too. Because I know we stepped out in faith and sending them there, but there's still opportunity to help support the ministry that's going on there in Fort, and I mean in Honduras, Fort Worth. Hey, support Fort Worth too. Um, let's see. Yeah, I think that's it. The rest of the stuff, you can get it through that that link. But I I just want to pray for us as we move into worship. And I'm going to pray over um, our our tithes and our offerings. You've got the link there. You've got the boxes. But this time is just a time for us to just to give it all to him, for us to empty ourselves. Surrender. It's the only response. Father, when we, when we think about who you are, we think about your majesty, your holiness. And we see ourselves for who we are. And what you, what you did through your son on the cross. His response was to empty himself. And so give us the strength, give us the courage to empty ourselves as we follow his example. We pray, I pray a blessing over the tithes and offerings. I pray a blessing over this time of worship. As I just ask that it would all be a sweet aroma to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Look, I made the mistake. I won't. I, I confided in the elders something uh, last week, and I messed up. I told them that the last couple of weeks I've been like amped up, like I had this this sense of I, I never played high school football. I grew up overseas. I'm from out of town, okay. So like I, and so I didn't get a chance to play football. So I don't know exactly what it's like. But it, does anybody in here that was like on, I know in high school and stuff, most of the time you play both ways. But is there anybody that just played only defense? Oh, kids! No, this is okay. They can hear this part. I'm not going to tell a bad joke like I did last week. 
Anybody play defense only? Nobody? Okay, cool. Well, this is what I imagine someone who plays defense only is like, they get amped up in the locker room. They listen to the coach talking. They're starting to get more and more amped up. And like, they secretly are hoping that their team loses the coin toss because they know that if they win the coin toss, then they're going to elect to receive. And so then they have to wait for their opportunity to get out there and hit somebody. And I said last week that that's how I have been feeling on Sundays because I'm like, I'm so ready. Just put me in coach. I want, please lose the, can we just skip worship so I can get up there and talk? Well, I told them all that. And then here's what happened. They prolonged everything. And we take even longer to get up there. But kids, you can go out. I bless you in the name of Jesus. I bless you teachers. And um, I just pray that, I, no, I say that today is going to be a day where you, your eyes are opened, your, your mind is enlightened, and you, you, you get an elevated understanding and anointing of who you are in the kingdom because of what he's done for us. So just bless you in the name of Jesus. Yes, amen. Yes. <sighs> <clears throat> Who's having fun? <laughs> oh my goodness. Is there, okay, this is weird. I've never done this before. Maybe I should start with the easy one first. You got an easy one? <laughs> An easier one for me. So I'm trying to, I'm, look, I'm trying to model. I've talked about obedience and I remember I said it's not based on like the results and, you know, so... <laughs> No, I'm going for it. Is there anybody here named Patrick? It's okay if there's not. It's okay. If, if, I, if I missed it, it's okay. Is there anybody here named Patrick? Middle name Patrick? Anything? Nobody? Nothing? I told Brent beforehand, I was like, I got a name, dude, and I'm supposed to ask if there's somebody named Patrick here, and then I'm supposed to give him a word. And I was like, and I'm terrified to do it because I've never done that before, and it's going to look like if nobody raises their hand, but here's, here's the... Your protege is named Patrick? Okay, Patrick. Patrick, the name means noble, okay? And he, Patrick is noble. And the Lord is doing a new thing in Patrick, okay? And he, 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 Patrick is carrying the authority of Jesus. The authority that Jesus got because he laid his life down, he emptied himself. Jesus was raised up. And so Jesus is gonna raise Patrick up to the nobility that he is in Christ. And he's gonna, be, he's gonna see things happen that are gonna blow his mind. He's gonna see healing. He's gonna see people freed from, from, uh, from oppression, depression, shame, anxiety, all of that. That's that's for Patrick. Amen. You are spot on. He's going to be here first Sunday in December. Praise the Lord. Okay, Patricia. Is there a Patricia? You? Okay, that works for you too. <laughs> Man. Whew. Well, here's what, this was going to be my out. I was going to be like, well, maybe it's somebody on live stream. <laughs> I was, yeah. Whew. Look, guys, I'm telling you, this is what he's calling us to, okay? Yeah. Sierra. Sierra. So, I, I, <laughs> you are grounded and you're strong. You have endurance and you've been running hard. And, and the Lord is saying he's doing a new thing in you and in your family. And, and you, the endurance that you have had to get to here has all been a part of the process of getting you to where you can go where he's taking you. And so your family is going. I'm not saying necessarily it's a, it's a physical going because I hope that that's not what it is. We want you to stick around here. But he's taking you somewhere as a family and you are a huge part of it. You are the one that grounds. You, you, you bring a grounding to your family and that grounding is through your your endurance and your strength. 
So that's for you. Thank you, Lord. Aaron, it's for you, bro. You're steadfast. You're loyal and you're strong. And, uh, and, and you carry an authority. You're humble. Nobody, nope, this dude forges knives. He can build anything. He is, like, nobody knows the talents that Aaron has because he's so humble and he doesn't talk about it. But Aaron is steadfast and you are a pillar for your whole family. You, you're so humble that sometimes you don't even walk in the fullness of what God's calling you to. But he's giving you courage, Aaron, and you're going to start walking in that, okay? Thank you, Lord. Adam, right? I just, as, as you gave your life to the Lord today, I was thinking about Adam and like you are literally a new Adam now. You're a new man. And so I just can't wait to see what God does in you and through you, the courage that you have. You carry this, you're, I told you last time, your beard's awesome. You carry this, you carry, you, you have, you, you're, you have a, 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 a intimidating is not the right word, but that's the only word I can think of at this moment. But there's this something, air about you that carries strength and courage. And, and you're going to be able to carry that into other people now in a whole new way because you are literally a new man. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. Okay. Um, let's do a quick recap. Uh, the last, so... Last Sunday, we talked about uh, Israel, um, the story of Israel from Numbers. You guys remember? Um, Moses sent out the 12 spies. Um, 10 spies come back. They give a negative report. Um, they, they're, they focus on the impossible task of conquering the land inhabited by giants, right? Um, and the, the 10 spies and the people, they say, it would be better to die in the wilderness because the Lord is bringing us to die here by the sword. And so anybody remember what God's response was? He says, I will do exactly as they said. Their bodies will fall in the wilderness. So I was pointing out that there's power in our tongue. I talked about a couple other verses about how the tongue is like the rudder of a ship. And so I talked about how there's power in our tongue. That like when God created this place, he said, let there be light. He spoke it into existence. And so um, I, I contrasted that. The ten spies with, uh, uh, and the people of Israel's response with the response of Caleb and Joshua. Anybody remember what Caleb and Joshua said? Let's go take the land. Let's go take the land. And uh, so who were the only two that got to go into the land? Caleb and Joshua. Took, took a while, but they got to go into the land. And so I, I was saying all that. And, you know, Caleb, he interrupted the naysayers. And he's like, we must go take the land for we can certainly conquer it. And so there's an authority of when we recognize what God's doing, that we can speak authoritatively yes. things into existence. Yes. Yes. And so I um, talked about that. Uh, let's see, I reminded us at the Times Power. Sorry, I'm going through my, my notes to make sure I don't miss anything on my recap. Um, oh, I, uh, the week before that, I talked about obedience. Um, what seems like failure isn't always failure, because you remember um, the the. The 11 tribes of Israel were going up against Benjamin. This is from Judges. They were going up against Benjamin. They asked the Lord who should go first. He said, send Judah first. Judah goes out first. 20,000 die. They go back up. They ask the Lord, who should we send out 
or what should we do? He says, go back out against them. They go back out against them. 18,000 die. Then they go back and they say, Lord, what do we do? He says, go out against them. Surely I'll deliver them into your hands. And so that was that concept of that was, that's what obedience looks like. Obedience doesn't, it's not based on the results. It's not based on just like when I, when I, when I, when, it happened this morning and I started getting a little worried because I was thinking, uh, is, the Lord, is the Lord going to use this morning as an opportunity to show like when we step out in obedience and things don't happen the way we think they were, is this going to be one of those mornings where it seems like failure and then we have to kind of push through that? But it hasn't been. We've seen someone saved. We've seen people healed. It's been awesome. Um, but, you know, the reality is, Bill Johnson, he says, uh, he says, I got to find the quote. I work hard not to develop a theology around what did not happen. A non-believer can be thankful in victory. If I can't navigate disappointment well, can I be trusted with the fulfillment of dreams? And that's a word for all of us. We need to recognize that obedience, it cannot be based on what we think the result should be. Because at the end of the day, like Job comes to realize, God is God, we are not. Right? And so those were, that's kind of a quick recap of the last two Sundays. Um, just talking about obedience, no matter what. And the power that we have to see into the eternal realm and then speak into existence in the temporal realm. Okay? So... Um, I want to go a little bit more though. I, I want to talk a little bit more about this. I, I think the Lord is going to have me give a, a actual, actually like I've been doing with individuals. I think I'm going to do that today over all of us. Um, I, I think that's what's going to happen. But first I, I, I want to say a couple other things. Um, so when God took Israel out of Egypt, he could have taken them a shorter route. Did y'all know that? In Exodus 13, 17 through 18, and I'm totally sorry, Piper, I did not give you any scriptures today. Uh, Exodus 13, 17 through 18. I'll give y'all a second to get there. So, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them along the road to the land of the Philistines, even though it was nearby. For God said, the people will change their minds and return to Egypt if they face war. That's it. We don't have to do 18. So God, when he delivered them out of Egypt, when he sent the Redeemer to free the slaves, set the captives free out of Egypt, he could have taken them a direct route, but he took them a longer, different route. Has anybody ever noticed that? Here's what I feel like the Lord's saying. Because if you keep going in, back in Numbers, we go back and look at that story in Numbers, when Israel, in fact, let's just go there. Let's go to Numbers 14. Uh, 14, 11. Uh, so this is after Israel responds. 
um, to the spies' reports. And they're like, it would be better for us to die, all that. And the Lord said to Moses, how long will this people treat me with contempt? How long will they refuse to believe in me despite all the signs I've performed among them? So see what was happening from the point of them leaving Israel, or Egypt, sorry, until this point, I'm talking about the splitting of the sea. I'm talking about the, the pillar of, of smoke and, or the cloud of smoke, the pillar of fire. I'm talking about um, the manna, the provisions, everything, his, his, the, the theophany when he, he, he showed himself to the people at Sinai. All of this was the Lord proving himself trustworthy to a nation. Because you see, the enemy since day one has been causing us to question his trustworthiness and his faithfulness. Yeah. What did the serpent say? Did God really say this? Surely you won't die. He just doesn't want you to be like him. If you eat this tree, then you'll know good and evil and you'll be just like him. And that's, he doesn't want that for you. He's holding out on you. He's not trustworthy. He is not faithful. He can, his words cannot be trusted. See, that's what the father of lies has been saying since day one. And God knows that. And so this whole, from Genesis 3 to this point, God has been proving himself. He's been revealing himself. He revealed himself to one. Abraham, and he, he made a covenant with him. And, 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 and then he continued to reveal himself throughout uh, Genesis on into Exodus to the point whenever he reveals himself to Moses in the burning bush. See, I believe that the whole Bible is, a, is especially the Old Testament, is this continual process of revealing, God revealing himself to all nations through one nation. Okay? And so, but before he can use that one nation to reveal himself to all nations, he's got to reveal himself to them and show himself faithful and worthy and, and, and trustworthy. And, and they have to be able to believe him because he's calling them into obedience. And he knows what's coming. He knew they weren't ready for it when they first left Egypt. He couldn't take them to uh, straight there because if he did, they would turn around. He knew there was a process they had to go through to get to a point where they would be able to be obedient because they could trust him. Does that make sense? And so when he said, when the Lord says uh, to Moses, how long would this people treat me with contempt? How long will they refuse to believe in me despite all the signs I've performed among them? God's saying, look, I've been proving myself over and over and over again. I've given them manna. I, I, I've, I've given them the, the water from rock, from a rock. I split the sea and then drowned the Egyptians. And people want to argue about which, you know, how deep the water was. I don't really care if it was like a little small creek or if it was a big deep ocean sea because either way it's pretty miraculous because if he drowned everybody in a few inches of water, that's honestly even more miraculous. And so the reality is God has been proving himself to this nation, showing himself, making himself known to this people so that they could then make him known to all people. It was never about Israel just being God's chosen and then everyone else is left out. 
It was about Israel being set apart so that everyone else would know who God is and be drawn into a relationship with him. It was never about Israel just being blessed with the land of milk and honey and Israel having riches and, and, and God taking care of Israel. It was never simply about that. They were meant to be a nation of priests. And Tim talked about it, I think it was like a year or so ago, about Adam and Eve being priests. We, others of us have talked. See, I believe that God has had us on this journey. There's been a theme. Whether we recognize it or not, there's been a theme, at least for the last year. But I would say, I would be willing to bet, knowing God, that it's been a theme for a whole lot longer of a time. But I believe that, that even understanding what it means to be a priest, a priest is, is, is not just... It's not a, it's, it's not a, um, it's not saying, oh, yeah, I'm making you priest. Isn't that awesome? No, it's saying there's a, there's a responsibility behind that word, right? It's not like just a good thing. It's not like just saying, hey, you guys are a kingdom of priests. Isn't that awesome? No, it's saying you are my kingdom of priests. You are my mediators between the rest of the world and me. There was a responsibility. This is not just about saying you're blessed, Israel was never blessed just for the sake of being blessed. Israel was blessed for a purpose. But before God could bless them, they had to go through a process of understanding that he was trustworthy, that he would be faithful, that he would deliver on his promises. They had to get to a point where they could walk in obedience. <clears throat> no. Yes. And so here's what I would say that today we have even more evidence of the goodness and trustworthiness of God. We can choose to be like the 10 spies and like the rest of Israel and rebel against God. You see, after Sinai, they built an idol, but that didn't keep them out of the promised land. Y'all catch that? He just gave them the Ten Commandments. You will make no graven image. You won't serve no other God. He just gave them the Ten Commandments. Forty days later, they're worshiping a golden calf. But that did not keep them from going to the promised land. What kept them from going to the promised land was rebelling against the trustworthiness of God. What kept them from going into the promised land was the same thing that caused Eve to fall into sin. It was questioning the trustworthiness of God. It was saying, I know better. See, when we choose to not surrender to his word, then we are putting ourselves in a situation just like the 10 spies and the rest of Israel and Adam and Eve. And that's what our, that's, we're programmed that way. Remember I said last, last Sunday that, that, um, that says in, uh, that, that after with Seth, that says Adam bore a son in his image and his, his likeness. There's something of Adam that we carry there's something of Adam. We still have an image of God, but there's something of Adam that we carry. We're, we're tainted. We carry this image of Adam as opposed to the pure image of God and, and from, from, from uh, Seth on. But then we're given the opportunity to be, be born in as a new Adam and look like Jesus. Yeah. <clears throat> And so here's what I feel like the Lord's saying for us. <clears throat> We're about to celebrate 11 years 
11 years. November will be 11 years in this specific building. New Horizons has been around for even longer. And through those 11 years, I feel like the Lord is saying that you have been going from, e- uh, from Egypt to the plains of, I can't even remember where it was, Pan, Pan, I can't remember where they are, the plains, anyway, where they are here in Numbers. Um, that that since, since, since the inception of this body, and if you're, look, if you're just a visitor, this word is still for you, but I really believe that this is a specific word for us at New Horizons, and I think it's going to have impact on the whole body, but I, I, you know, I, here's the reality. The fact is, I believe that each of our individual fellowships, we've got feet and and knees and heads. That's what Paul's talking about, right? And so I believe that there is a responsibility that is specific to the group of people that fellowship together here and that call this thing kingdom family. I I recognize that kingdom family is way bigger, right? I recognize that we are not the church. We are a portion, a part of the church. But I do think that there is something that God has specifically called us to, He specifically called us to in our responsibility of being a kingdom of priests, okay? The whole church is the kingdom of priests. The whole church is the mediators between the world and God. And we've been given the keys to the kingdom and whatever we bind and loose, all the stuff that we've been talking about, that the, 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 the path that we've been on. But, but here's the reality. I believe that the Lord has given me a word today specifically for us at New Horizons. And so if you're a visitor, don't tune out though because I, God has you here for a reason today. Okay, so this word's also for you. So <clears throat> I feel like the Lord's saying that since the the, and, you know, since New Horizons started, that we've been on that journey from Egypt to Numbers 14 or 13. And that God couldn't bring us straight to where he's about to take us. He's had to take us on a journey. He's had to take us through some things. He's had to let us experience some disappointments and some successes He's had to let us go through some challenging situations so that he could prove himself faithful and trustworthy. You see, I wrote some of this down. I just got to find it. Sorry. So I'll give you a little, this is, remember I told you guys, I'm, I'm not the only one that is supposed to be looking into the kingdom and speaking things out. Like I'm supposed to be equipping us all to do that. And so just here's a little, little, insight into how things work for me the last three weeks. Um, there's only been one time where I had the word before I got up here. And that was with Zach when I had the, um, the dream. Most of the time I either, I have like two, maybe a sentence, maybe two or three words, like, I mean, individual words. And I have to choose to step out in obedience and start the process. And then the rest of it comes. And that's a terrifying thing to be in. I'm not trying to say, oh, look at me. I'm, I'm not scared. No, I'm terrified each time I do it. In fact, I'm so terrified that last week I got a word for some, or I didn't get a word. That was the problem. I felt like I was supposed to give a word to someone, but all I knew, I didn't know their name. I knew I, I never had seen them before and I knew nothing about them and I didn't even have the word. I just felt like I was supposed to give the word and I didn't do it because I was scared. And at that point in time, things kind of at all the way up until that point, it had felt like this constant flow. Like it was in a constant conversation between me and, and the Holy Spirit and it was just coming through me and flowing out. And as soon as I 
didn't give that word, it shut everything else off. And I, it started me on a little bit of a, uh, a downward spiral, spiral. The Lord was still faithful and his word doesn't come out void. And there was still power in what was delivered last week. But it, I think that I kind of quenched things a little bit. And so I'm not saying I do this right all the time. But I'm just saying the way things have been working for me. And so maybe this is how it's going to work for you. Is if you step out in obedience. If the Lord urges you to give a word to someone. If, if, if the Lord says, hey, uh, I think you should go talk to that person, and you, you only get one word or a sentence, if you act in obedience, whether you get any more words or nothing, maybe it's just your presence being there. Maybe it's like, hey, go give a word to Matt. And I'm like, I don't have what I'm supposed to say. Maybe you just go up to Matt and be like, hey, man, the Lord loves you. Is there anything wrong with that? No, that's a good word. Is it true? Yeah, absolutely. So maybe he needed to hear that. Maybe it didn't need to be anything else. But maybe when you go up to Matt and you say, hey, Matt, the Lord loves you. And then all of a sudden, the rest of it comes to you. And you're like, hey, you are going to be a good father, bro. You, you are so passionate for the Lord. And you're so passionate for his word. And you're so passionate for the truth and, and, and application and rightness of following God. You want, you want to be obedient to him no matter the cost. And because of that, it's going to impact your family. It's going to impact your little one. It's going to impact your future little ones. It's going to impact your job. Every aspect of it, because you're so dedicated and so passionate about obedience, but I just want to say that shame has no place in you. Shame is not of the Lord. And because you're so passionate about obedience and about obeying the Lord, when you don't do it, the enemy has this huge foothold to just bash you over the head with condemnation and shame. And so I break that off of you in the name of Jesus. I said, shame has no place in you right now. And so I break that off of you. I break it off your family. I break it off your extended family. It's no longer there because he has come to set you free and he has given you life and life more abundantly. So that's what I'm going to, that's how the Lord has orchestrated today. I have a few sentences that I wrote down. I have no real clue what the rest of it's going to be. I'm just going to step out in obedience. And I want to challenge y'all to do the same thing. I was talking to Trace the other day and I was telling him um, kind of that same thing I just told y'all. And Trace was like, yeah, I have like this little prayer kind of thing. Like I have a couple of words that if the Lord just gives me, hey, go talk to that person. I have a few things that I can just say. In case nothing else comes. And there's nothing wrong with that. Okay? Go. If the Lord prompts you. I was at the, I was at the gas station this morning. And uh, there was people all behind me. And I was nervous. And the guy, the guy behind the register, I felt like the Lord was saying, give him a word. And I was like, I don't want to give this dude a word. These people behind me are going to think I'm crazy. What if he thinks I'm crazy? I don't know this guy. But then I thought to myself about what happened last week when I didn't give the word that I was supposed to give. So I stepped out in obedience. I didn't know what I was going to say. I just was like, okay, fine. I'll do it, Lord. Gosh. And so I did. I was like, hey. And I, told, I, get, I don't even remember what, the, what I said. But by the end of it, his eyes are watering. He's like, thank you for being obedient in that. And give me that word I needed to hear. He literally said, thank you for being obedient in that. This dude behind the gas, behind the register, he told me, thank you for being obedient in that. I need to hear it. When we step out and obedient, it doesn't always work that way. He could have just as easy been like, yeah, thanks, bro. Or, you know, hey, you're weird. That doesn't matter. I can't do, I can't, my obedience can't be based on the results. Huh? He did. And if I hadn't have been obedient, then I wouldn't have gotten the word. 
See, there is a blessing that God has for us, but it's not just to bless us. It's so that we can be that kingdom, that nation of priests, right? But some, if we don't choose to walk in obedience and take the land, then we don't get the blessing. <laughs> I think it's time. I, I, hopefully I get to this, but I, I'm, I'm still feeling this is the flow I'm supposed to go on. I think it's time. I understand where this comes from, but I think it's time we stop saying, Lord willing, this. I understand where that comes from, and I recognize there's truth to it. But what did, do you know what Joshua and Caleb said when they said, let's go take the land? They said, if the Lord delights in us, he will give us the land. He didn't say, if it's the land God wants for us, we'll get it. He didn't say, if we're supposed to, then he will get it. He, they said, if the Lord delights in us, we'll get the land. There's giants, I don't care. They didn't talk about the giants. And so I, I think it's time that we just start saying, look, if God has given us the vision, if God has given us the vision, then he's going to accomplish the mission. He, not us. But he allows us to partner with him and speak creatively into the situation. See, when we, when we walk so in tune with him and we recognize our seatedness with him, that's what Paul's talking about. He's saying, I wish you knew what the riches of your glory are. It's, it's, it's not just so that we can be like, oh, wow, this is so amazing. God loves me so much. And I just, he saved me from so much. And it's, no, those things are so that we can remember to be obedient and walk out in obedience. Oh. It's not just for us to be able to say, this is what he's done for me. We say this is what he's done for me to remind us to walk in obedience. That's why he keeps telling Israel to remember. He's not telling them to remember just so they can be like, wow, look how much God loves us. No, he's telling them to remember so that they don't do what they did in Numbers 14. He's like, how long are you going to... How?" I, how long are you going to be with me and, 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 and how many times do I have to prove myself to you? What, this contempt, what's going on with this, guys? I've, I've, manna, no one had ever heard of that before. Water from a rock split the sea. And we look at Israel and we're like, man, if I'd been there, I would have so much more faith. But the reality is we're just like them so often. Because here's what I feel like the Lord's saying. I think I'm going to get to it now. Um, thank you, Lord. He's been showing himself faithful. He's allowed us to endure challenges, depression, hardship, loss of life, broken relationships, and etc. I wrote that. He has also shown himself faithful and trustworthy in the midst of this. And though in many cases, the challenges are unresolved, we're finding ourselves strengthened in the Lord. This is a word for us, y'all. We have been on the path from Egypt to the plains and we're preparing to take the land. And God is saying all of this to this point has been a process of me proving myself faithful to you. He's provided signs and wonders. We had it happen here. People have gotten healed this morning. But that's not the first time this has happened. We've had healings happen in our midst. We've had them happen here. We've had them happen in the old log cabin. We had them happen when we were at happy hour at the bar. We've, I'm, and I mean literally at the bar. For those of you who don't know, this church started out after the house. It was in a bar. Um, we, we saw signs and wonders there. And so he's been proving himself uh, faithful. Um, he's given us manna. Yeah. 
He has fed us. We literally get manna multiple times a week. I've had people come up to me and say, I don't know how I'd make it without the food that we have coming here to bless us. There's some out there today. So There's some out there. We are literally getting manna. We haven't necessarily been fed by the ravens, but we've been fed by the ravens. He's provided us with land when we had no resources to get land. There was literally no money to do that, but he gave it to us. We have seen lives changed and seen a disproportionate impact in our world in comparison to the small fellowship we have here. Israel was nothing, okay? Israel wasn't some, they weren't like these big, fancy, you know, they were, that's, God chose them because they weren't the strongest nation. They were literally slaves in Egypt. Like it would have made more sense to choose the Egyptians or one of these other peoples because those, they were like strong and wealthy, but he chooses a nobody to be somebody so that they would know, the rest of the world would know that God is who he says he is. Okay? And so I believe that the Lord is wanting to release the same blessing that he speaks about Israel over us. I believe that he, not that he's going to draw wealthy people here, though he might. I believe he's going to make some of us wealthy. I believe that we are going to prosper. I believe we are going to see resources released in this fellowship so that we can increase in what God's calling us to in the next season. I believe we are going to see uh, healings happen on a more regular basis. Not so that we can see people healed, but so that people are drawn to what God is doing here. So that people know that he is the present God. And so I believe that we're going to see words of knowledge be given on a more regular basis. I believe that we're going to, as, as, as you guys catch what I'm catching, because I'm telling you, this is not something I've walked in for very long. I'm still trying to figure it out for myself. I messed it up last week. I may mess it up this afternoon. But what I'm saying is as, as we step into what God is calling us to in obedience, that we're going to see people brought into the kingdom because they see that this little old nothing is representing this big old something. If you need a sign, this is John Court and Jack. If you need a sign to believe that something's happened, then maybe you don't have enough faith to believe that it can happen. And, you know, sometimes we get concerned about hurting people's feelings when we talk about faith. You know, we talk about faith and we're like, well, this didn't happen. And there's this concern that maybe they're going to be worried um, that maybe they didn't have enough faith and that's why it ha- didn't happen. And that, I just want to speak against that right now. That's shame. The same thing I said to Matthew, that's shame. There's going to be times that we mess up. We may not walk in obedience every time. And so when we do mess up, that's where the grace comes in. And shame has no place in this, in this fellowship. I want to speak against depression right now. In the name of Jesus, I break it off. I believe that, that we have been battling rampant, the body of Christ on a whole. But we have been battling depression and anxiety on a, on a, 
exponential basis in this fellowship. And I believe it's because God wants to use us to heal people from depression and anxiety. And so he had to show himself faithful to us that he can bring us out of depression and anxiety so that we can then go and we can bring people out of depression and anxiety. See, what the Lord heals you from, it's not just so that he can heal you and you can be like, hey, I'm healed. No, it's so that you can then heal someone else. He can heal someone else through you. If you just take it and you hold on to it, then you're not stewarding it. It's not ours. Stewardship is the wrong word. Management is the word. Stewardship infers that we've been given something and it is now ours. It's never ours. The power to heal, the power to, to, to be a kingdom of priests, none of that is ours. It's his and it's on loan to us. And so we've got to manage it well so that he then gives us more. We're supposed to be shrewd. We should be, the, the world knows how to leverage money and the things of this world better than the church does. And we need to be shrewd. We need to be able to figure out how to leverage the things of this world that are going to pass away. Not so that we can have more of it, but so that we can use it to draw people into a relationship with him. This is not about us being a wealthy church. This is not about us being a prosperous church. This is, not about us, uh, this is not about us seeing healings all the time, raising people from the dead, or any of that. This is simply about being a representative to the world for him. You see, I believe, regardless of what your eschatology is, we are in the last days. That could still mean we got another thousand years. We've been in the last days for a long time. And I believe that as we get closer... More and more people, as there's rumors of wars and all that kind of stuff, people are going to be looking for truth. They're seeking truth. There are those seeking. There are those that are looking for something. There are those that know there is more than what they see around them. There are those that are becoming more and more aware to the mysticism. And God is saying, I'm going to give you power and authority not so that we can have power and authority, but I'm going to give it to you so that you can put me on display to these people who are looking for this mystic thing because they know there's more to something. They look at creation and they say there's more to it. They look at, 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 at the atom and they're like, oh, there's more to this. There's something behind this. And then we are able to speak into it truth of God and display his power. Yes, that's it. And so I, I just say that for, for us, that, that the Lord is going to, he's doing a new thing. And we have a choice. We can step out in obedience, not knowing the results. We may fall on our face. 20,000 may die. 18,000 may die. Are we going to continue going back to the mountain, asking the Lord what to do next? Or are we going to just say, no, nope, we, we must have missed that. That wasn't the Lord's will. Because see, that's what it would have been very easy to happen when Israel said, who should we send out? You should send out Judah first. They send out Judah and 18,000 die, or yeah, 20,000 die. Then modern day, most of our response would have been, well, I guess it wasn't the will of the Lord. We must have missed that one. But then, no, that's not what Israel did. They went back and they said, no, what should we send? What should we do next? And he said, go fight against them. So then they go back out and then 18,000 die. And normal response would have been, I guess we missed it. That wasn't the will of the Lord. And, and, and so I guess we should, we're probably not supposed to fight Benjamin. You know what, Benjamin, you guys are good. Keep allowing that stuff to happen in your area. We missed it. No, they went back and they fought him again. And so just because God doesn't call us to easy things, his yoke is easy and light, but it's not the things that he calls us to are beyond our means. Because if we could accomplish it on our own, then who gets the glory? 
You see, he's taking us and we've got to be, we've got to be humble and weak. And we've got to recognize that it is not about us being lifted up. It's about him being lifted up. And so I just speak that over us right now that we're going to see healings happen. We're going to see salvation. Guys, do you understand what's happened in the last three weeks? There's been some, at least one person saved every Sunday. That's just the beginning. I want to ask you, if you come here on a regular basis, if you are someone who's here on a regular basis, I'm going to ask you to start parking in that parking lot over there. Because I believe we're going to see this place grow in number because people are going, it's words going to get out of what God's doing here. And we're not, we already sometimes fill up the parking lot. So I, you may forget next week. That's okay. Remember shame. It's not a thing. So if you do forget, don't worry about it. But I just ask that if you come here on a regular basis, you park over in that part. We've gotten permission to park over there. So if you come here regularly, let's park over there so that newcomers will feel welcome here. Because if people drive by and they, and I, now I don't, everybody do it. Cause then if someone drives by and they see the parking lot's empty, they'd be like, oh, nothing's happening at that church. So, you know, uh, we need to kind of balance it. Maybe we can rotate. Let's come up with a little system, draw a lot. I don't know, but just think about it. what I'm really, what I'm getting at is the fact that God is going to, we're going to see more people come here and we're going to see more salvations and baptisms. It's going to happen. We're going to see more people healed. We're going to see people set free from demons. We're going to see the captive set free. We're going, I'm, I'm saying it again. He is going to release resources into people's, people are going to get promotions. People are going to get new jobs. People are going to uh, make wise investments. There's going to be inventions that come to people's minds and they're going to be able, I'm telling you, this is, this is not for us. This is so that we can point up the rest of the world to him, but it's going to happen in this fellowship. Now, the question is, do we want to focus on the giants and like be like, I don't know how that's going to happen or, you know, whatever. Or do we want to say, no, if the Lord delights in us, then surely he's going to give us the land. And so I challenge you to agree with that and then walk it out. Just like I am learning to agree with whatever the Lord says about someone, just bless them. Start just on a little, just like I did with Matt. I didn't have the rest of what I gave him when I walked up to him. I was just going to use it as an example. And then I used it as a bigger example. Maybe you are like, this sounds so awesome. And I I know it's true. I know this is true. But uh, I I don't know what he's talking about, about seeing in the kingdom. And I'm going to tell you the same thing Jesus told Nicodemus. You can't see the kingdom unless you're born again. You can't because, see, you still carry the image of the other Adam. And until you're born again into the new Adam, Jesus, you cannot see the kingdom and you cannot walk in this authority and be a part of this kingdom of priests that draw others to him. And so I just, again, I believe that there are people, there's someone here that still needs to be born again today. There's someone here that that says, you know what? No, this is the day I want to fully surrender to God. I want to fully surrender to him. And I want to say, yeah, Jesus is Lord. You know, in Jewish tradition, it, they, they don't say the name of Yahweh. They say Adonai. Yahweh, it, it's, it's, it's the name that is used to express God's compassion. It's the name that's used to ex- express his, his rachamim, his mercy. But they replace that name with Adonai, which is Lord. And I was listening to a, a Jewish rabbi, and he, he said, it's only when we fully submit to Yahweh as Adonai, as Adonai, that we experience his mercy and his compassion. 
And then he goes on to say that it won't be until Mashiach comes that we're actually going to fully be able to understand Yahweh and his rachamim, his mercy, his, 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 his compassion. And I'm, I'm telling you right now, this guy, he doesn't know that the Messiah is already here. The Messiah came. And as, when we submit to him as Adonai, as Lord, as master, then we experience the rachamim, the mercy, the compassion of God. And so if that's you today and you say, I want that, I want to experience that mercy I want to experience that compassion of the God who is present. And I want to see this kingdom that, that Josiah is talking about. Then today can be the day of your salvation. If, there, if it's you, raise your hand. If it's you, raise your hand. We're talking Father, I just, uh, I speak courage over all of us. Maybe, maybe you, you have, you gave your life to the Lord, um, but maybe you're questioning, have I really been walking in full surrender? And if that's you, raise your hand. Thank you, thank you. So, Father, you see this. You see their desire to be fully surrendered, all four of these men to be fully surrendered to you, and five of these men to be fully surrendered, six of these men to be fully surrendered to you, seven of these men, eight, nine, <laughs> ten. Father, we just release your mercy and compassion on them right now. Let them see themselves if you see them right now in the name of Jesus. And we just ask that you would give them the courage to walk fully surrendered, fully submitted to you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. He's going to do a new thing in you. This has been a process of getting you to this point. Thank you. He sees, look, people are still raising their hands. He sees this, okay? So I just speak this over all of us. Father, give us the vision of Caleb and Joshua. Okay, church, you are being sent out as the spies, okay? You're being sent out as the, as the 12 spies. I don't know how many people we got in here. It's way more than 12. But we're being sent out as those spies, okay? And we have the ability to come back and speak prophetically what Caleb and Joshua did, or we have the ability to come back and speak like the other 10 spies did. And so when we leave this place, you're going into the land. The rest of the world is the land, and it's inhabited by giants, and, 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 and it, but it's got awesome stuff out there. And, and you're going out there, and you're going to see things and you have the ability to either be like Caleb and Joshua or you have the ability to be like the other spies. So I'm going to commission us out in just a few minutes. I'm going to commission us out as the spies. And I just, I release an anointing of Caleb and Joshua over this fellowship right now in the name of Jesus and that we will say, if the Lord delights in us, then we can see this person healed. If the Lord delights in us, then we can take this land. If the Lord delights in us, then he's going to help us accomplish the vision that he's given this church. I release that over all of us in the name of Jesus. We're going to close with a song, and I still feel like there's opportunity for us to all respond. If, there, if you need prayer, if you want to get healed from something, if you want to be freed from depression or anxiety, because I'm telling you, that is a word for us. He is freeing us from depression and anxiety. Today, we're going to walk in a new joy. See, look, he, joy and peace, those are the things of the kingdom. Yeah. 
And, and so we're, we're supposed to be kingdom aligners. So we're going to be going into situations where there's the absence of joy and peace, where there's depression, anxiety, and shame. And we're going to go in and we're going to bring that joy and peace of the kingdom in the name of Jesus. So if you're battling with depression and anxiety and you want prayer for that, then, you, then during this song, as we're, as we're closing, then you can come up and you can get it. You can get freed from that today. Yes, ma'am. Amen. Josiah. Yes. I have a testimony. Come on. That in the last two months, God has delivered me from anxiety. Amen. It was a battle every day to get out of bed. Amen. And I battled it. And the joy of the Lord is my strength, but I don't battle it anymore. Hallelujah. Thank you. Hey, we need to be declaring these things like that. That's what it means to remember. We need to remind ourselves of what the Lord's been doing. We need to remind ourselves of his provision, of his feeding us with manna. We need to be declaring that because how else will the world know what he's done? We need to be talking about the power that he has, has demonstrated in us. These are, these are sign acts showing that he is the God who is present, that he is the one who created and sustains this whole earth, and that he is trustworthy and that we can, we can stand on his promises. We need to be singing songs like the song we're about to sing. This is not just a normal res quiet response song. This is a song where we're reminding ourselves of who God is, and we're saying he is trustworthy, and we can stand on his promises. Whether we see evidence of it or not, I'm going to be like what Bill said. I'm going to work really hard to not develop a theology around what did not happen. We may not see the things that we thought we were going to see happen, happen. But does that change who God is? No. Paul says it's not yes, yes, no, no. It's not yes, no. It's yes. And so when we step out in obedience and speak a blessing over someone, does it, just because that blessing didn't happen, does it mean it's not true? No. Step out in it. If we step out in confidence and we pray for healing, just because someone's not healed, does it mean that we missed it and we shouldn't have prayed for them? No. We are going to choose to remember what God has done because we don't want to be like Israel and have God say about us, how long are they going to have, hold me in contempt? How long are they going to be like this towards me? How many signs and how many, what do I, I've sent my, I've displayed my love in such a way that I sent my son to die on a cross. And, and what else can I do? And when we choose to ignore it. And the, and, and, and the father of lies tells us to cover ourselves in fig leaves. He comes to us and he's, God comes to us and he said, who told you to be ashamed? God doesn't call us to shame. I, I, I really feel like that. Tim mentioned last week, it's a word and he's got something coming, but I, I just want to break it off right now. There is no shame. There's no shame. Remember those no fear shirts? I'm, I'm aging myself. There's no shame. Who told you to be ashamed? Who told you you were naked? Yes. <laughs> he has redeemed us. He knows you by name and he's called you out. 
And so where there is shame, I break it right now. And we stand against the father of lies. We stand against the power of darkness and the principality that is shame. And we break it off of Starkville. We break it off of this church. And we say, no more are we going to walk in shame. Do you hear me? No more are we going to walk in shame. Do you hear me, Zach? No more are we going to walk in shame. Stand up, please. Father, I release confidence and courage. I release an understanding of of your view of him right now in the name of Jesus. Give him courage, Father. We break off the lies of the enemy. No longer are we going to question anything that you've done. We're no longer are we going to walk in the shame. We break it off in the name of Jesus. We're going to stand on your promises. So as we sing this song, change your posture. Come forward if you want healing. Come forward if you want to be freed from it. If you're someone that has been freed from anxiety, you have been equipped to free someone from anxiety. So come forward and pray for someone who needs to be freed from anxiety. If you're someone who's experienced healing from anything, then you have been empowered to help someone else experience that healing. And so go help someone else experience that healing that you've had. If you've been freed from, maybe you still are battling it, but it's getting better. You have been healed. And so walk in that. You can say, look, I'm not perfect, but I'm not as bad as I was. And that's that's the only thing I can attribute this to is God. And so I'll give you what I got. As you step out in obedience, maybe you'll get the rest of the blessing. So right now, I I just say, I send you out as Caleb's and Joshua's to see in this temporal realm and then look into the eternal and speak what God shows you. It's not just about calling people to repentance. It's not just about calling people to righteousness, though that will happen, but it's about speaking the blessings of God over people's lives. It's about declaring the promises of God. It's about declaring his faithfulness and his trustworthiness. So let's just sing this song, recognizing that we have been on a journey for the last however many years. doesn't matter if you've been a part of New Horizons for the whole time or not. We've been on a journey of God showing and proving himself trustworthy, of God taking us through the sea, of God drowning the Egyptians, of God feeding us with manna. He is the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And we're going to stand on his promises. We're going to stand on the fact that we know he is faithful. So as we sing this song, let's do it with that in our minds. I know that uh, some of y'all really do need to leave. And so I, I, just, I just speak a blessing over you right now in the name of Jesus. And I, I just say as you go out, you carry this. You carry what's happening here. And remember, we're not just simply stewards, we're managers, and this is not ours, it's his. And if we, we, we need to use it well. So as you go out to the gas station, to uh, the store, to, to school, to work, to family, to the restaurant, when you leave a tip, leave a real tip. And leave a tip that is, that is eternal. And so I just, I just, I just, I just give you uh, power and authority in the name of Jesus. Don't worry about what you're going to say. Step out in obedience and the Spirit will say it through you. If you don't leave here, if there's healing that you need, don't leave here. Continue to bask in this. His presence has always been here, but he is awakening, awakening us to his presence. And so don't, don't leave here if you don't have to leave. But if you do need to leave, 
go and the service begins now.